0: It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore.
1: I don't we focus more on the beach and less
2: on the details? Okay.
1: Howdy, race fans! How the hell are you? It's another episode of Race Chat Live.
2: We've got Taz,
1: Craig, and I'm Chris. We'll all be talking tonight, all kinds of stuff about racing. Glad that you are uh, taking the time to join us.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does say Craig? yes,
1: because you at that point in time, either I think you took Big Boy off being friends with me. All right, Craig. Uh, Are you there, Ben? Hello. You guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Hello. Uh, I hear you. Okay. Well, that's good. We're getting somewhere. Seems to me that there's a problem. Uh, I'm no longer connected in as the host.
2: Um, But we'll we'll get this thing going.
1: Is Craig here. Craig Moore. How you doing?
4: Hey, Craig. All right. So uh <laughs> oh,
1: we're gonna race chat live. We're, we're here. Elton, we got Tad. Elton, we got Mr. Uh, CJ Sports, I believe. We also have somebody else in the studio. I'm not, not sure. And i sure. sure. Um we have a little feedback I there as feedback well. Cool. Um, what was there yeah. Let's yeah, on work on that feedback, yeah, right, feedback there. right there. Yeah. I gotta wait. All right. Taz, are you still with us, my friend?
3: I don't know. Can you still hear me?
1: Yeah, I can still hear you. Great. Okay, so the uh, 937 number is the one with the feedback on it. We'll bring them back in. Oh, got
4: a smile on a
2: ride.
1: <laughs> All right. All right, looks like we took care of the feedback there. Good job, guys. Uh, so, a little technical difficulty starting the show off here, but, man, we still got a lot to cover. And a short time to get there. Uh, we'll be waiting on Craig Moore to come into the studio. Uh, but until then, uh, me and Taz will kick this thing off. My, oh, my, oh, my. Did any of us have William Byron in the radar, on radar, on the radar, for uh, his win this weekend? Then we all picked Kyle Larson to win, and he was close. Uh, but William Byron,
3: yeah, he he kind of he kind of surprised me a bit. Um, in a way, I mean, he had a good strategy, and then um, some of the restarts, he got lucky with having a teammate behind him. So, you can call it whatever you want, but I kind of honestly think he actually earned this one, and that uh, I think he kind of proved that uh, he belongs with Hendrick, and especially in that twenty-four car.
1: Yeah, Rudy Fugel uh, only has third race of the season in the Cup Series, and uh, you know Rick Hendrick was in uh, in the pit box of the twenty-four team, so. Um you know, it was without a doubt. Uh, you know, I, I just I believe had Tyler Reddick not got held up by Martin Truick and uh Larson that uh that Tyler had plenty of time to catch William Byron. Would he have had enough to pass him? That's another story, uh that we uh we don't really know the answer to. So Miss Lee's listening online. We got uh we got the nine three seven Call back in, okay. Uh, that's the host. Okay, so uh, still no Craig Moore. What um, all the topics we got here tonight, uh, Taz? I've been throwing off my game just a little bit you know, with the <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the start of the show. We got well, uh, a great guest coming on tonight. Mason Diaz stops by. Hopefully we'll have our stuff together by then. Pull this off uh with uh, Mason Diaz. Of course we had his car owner on the show, uh the Motorsports. Sorry about that. Uh he was on a couple of weeks ago, John. John the third. Uh so uh, we look forward to talking to his driver here this evening, Miss Lee. Uh he uh he raced, obviously, this past weekend at Minskoa. Um So we have an update of where he finished at. Uh, we'll hopefully get that uh, brought to us there. Uh, SRX Series, I uh, believe that uh, they are testing the car this weekend, Taz. Uh, what's the new word on the street? We didn't really get to cover this last weekend. There's been a driver announcement, and they're, they're going to test the car. Tell us a little bit about that, Taz. So they hinted
3: at earlier today. It was right around like 4:30, 5 o'clock, and uh, perfect timing for them to announce it because um, they had hinted at this. Um, oh shoot! They hinted at this um, re- full car, full car reveal. Um, right around the time I got uh,
1: home and I've been on vacation for the last four days, so um, Right, right, me too. <laughs> we went we went south, man. We went to the we were to the beach. Uh I am a little less prepared this weekend than I have been in in the past just because uh I was tied up myself. Um but yeah, I mean the news just come out and we didn't really talk about it the week before uh, with Mikey Walter coming on. I, I, as I look at the car, I'm wondering is Michael gonna be able to sit in this car? <laughs> <laughs> but well um yeah, so
3: last week we just said it, but uh they are they signed Michael Waltrip on um, the same day of uh honoring Dale's um passing, um, which played perfect doing so for that announcement. Um, and P- and I can't say I'm shocked in this one, and people can be shocked all they want in this and that, but if you really think about it, you can't be all that shocked. Um, if you go back to um, an episode of Wall Trip Unfiltered, I don't remember how far back this was, but um, He interviewed Tony Sturt and talked about SRX. And Michael Waltrip admitted that he was one of the first people to raise their hand and and talk to Tony about, hey, I want to get in on this. So so when I first saw the announcement, I was surprised. And then I um, was scrolling through YouTube one day and ran into that. And I was like, oh, okay, now it doesn't surprise me as much anymore. So Michael Waltrip becomes the 11th full 11th full-time driver for SRX. Um, wow. So it is looking like they have 11 full-timers, and then their 12th car is going to be um, going to be filled in by multiple drivers, uh, depending on the track. Not sure um, who their ringers are. All-star ringers are going to be. Um, they're kind of letting us fans guess it at this point. Um, but who knows, as far as the testing thing goes, they, like I said, they hinted at, um, they hinted at trying to do a full car reveal. Then Everham's like, well, why don't we have a full car reveal, but we'll do a video about, of testing the car on the track. And people went nuts on this. So uh, now that we got this going here um, about testing an SRX car this weekend, Um not sure who's testing the car. Um, all right, all right. But look, I'm trying to look up uh, more of their testing here. Um, he goes, they're going to just make lapses and say how much testing they're going to do, how long it is. Um, it's going to be happening in seven days. Um, well-known test driver. That's all, that's really all we know. Um, you
1: tell but
3: they did announce, um, however, that um, Elmore Engineering will supply the engines for these cars. Right. um the Ilmore engine they're using is the Ilmore 396, which is basically a V8 engine that produces 700 horsepower and 530, uh, cubic inch or, or 530, uh, tons of
1: torque. Wow. So that may be the haul
3: Well, it's going to test the drivers and you got to test drivers on, uh, you're going to test drivers on these uh, short tracks here,
1: especially uh, on the dirt. I'd like to know how much these cars weigh uh, and if they're similar to maybe the weight of a late model or open wheel modified. Um, we'll get the exact weight of them, I guess, pretty soon here when we get all the all the information about this series that Tony Stewart has put together. Miss Lee predicts that Tony Stewart will be the test driver. One not be surprising. Uh, not too sure about that. I don't know. You know. I mean, it seems logical, but you know, um, I think it's more expensive. But he is racing his own series, is he not? He's racing his own series. He's enough as a driver, so that could, could be, be could very well. The um, eleven
3: driver, eleven drivers that are full time. Stewart being the first.
1: Um, Do we have a definite schedule yet? Yes, we do have a
3: schedule for SRX. We do have the eleven full-time drivers. Um, just to recap, the drivers: Tony Stewart was the first one as soon as the series was announced. Series was announced. Uh, Tony Kanen was the second one yeah. from IndyCar. Paul Tracy from uh, more primarily IndyCar was the third. Bobby Labonte from NASCAR was driver number four. Helio Castroneves from his IMSA and IndyCar days. Um, He's still going at it in his career. Um, He's driver number five. Willie T. Ribs um, was driver number six. The Aussie Formula One driver, uh, Mark Webber, was driver number seven. Bill Elliott, uh, NASCAR, Austin Bill from Dawsonville. Then it was the Youngster, um, he's like twenty. He's like very young, twenty-something years old. Apparently, a seven, seven or eight-time champion in uh, the Trans Am Sports Car Series. Um, he was he was the next driver in line after Bill Elliott, and Marco Andretti from IndyCar was announced uh, beginning of February, and then Michael Waltrip was recently announced. So now it's just a matter of who our ringer drivers are. Uh, schedule for SRX Stafford on June 12th is the opener. I'll be attending that race in person. Uh, Knoxville is next on June 19th. Eldora on June 26th. Lucas Oil Raceway on July 3rd. Uh, July 10th, they'll be at Slinger. And Nashville Fairgrounds closes the series on July 17th.
1: I've got three drivers that I dream would be a part of this series. Are you ready for them, Tad? Go for it. Travis Pastrana, Robbie Gordon, and Tony Hawk. No, I mean, if I can't have Tony Hawk, then i put him with Dale Jr. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're asking a lot on Tony Hawk there.
1: I mean, you know, he drives the hell out of a skateboard, so let's see if he can drive a race car, right?
3: Yeah, right. Um, My ringer drivers. You're You're, you're
1: bringing in uh, from from other from other sports. Go ahead.
3: My ringer drivers. um, Two of them have shown high interest uh, recently. um, One more than the other, and this can come as a shock to you. Maybe this won't. But Denny Hamlin, Kyle Bush. Um, I'm hoping Ken Black could be a could be one, maybe on Eldor or Knoxville. Um, I would like to see Matt Kensis. Uh oh, mainly race mainly race at Slinger. And the last one oh boy. How about the Biff,
1: Greg Biffle? Oh my gosh! You're just trying to. I mean, I guess next year they call Edwards. We've spent too much time on a series that hasn't even started yet. Let's go on to the next topic. So, no, nah, I mean, if you got anything else there to add, so you, you're more than welcome to finish on this. All right. Um, but, it, those are great picks. Those are great picks, and we we want to see uh we want to see this type of excitement in this uh in this series. And we're missing sprint car drivers. We're missing uh. We're missing drag racers. You know, we need we need to bring them all in. We need to put them in this series because this is where uh, this is. You know, it's for entertainment purposes, right? Tony Stewart. Oh. To say, glad shoot. Glad to
4: did,
1: so did you end up uh, watching the Infinity Race? I did. I did. I did watch the X-Finity race. Uh, I was about an hour and a half behind, and basically by the time the race was over, through the commercials, I had caught up to it. Uh, a devastating uh, situation there with what, three laps to go for Noah Gresden. Uh, I don't know if that was karma. I don't know what that was, but uh, it was definitely heartbreaking for Gregson, and uh, I don't think he handled it too well. Uh, in the media, uh, David Starr was a good car that night, uh, so I think that the criticism there probably wasn't very wasn't warranted. It did seem like you know a similar wreck that we've seen a few times with underfunded teams being in the way of the faster car, uh, but this time there was actually uh, a mechanical issue that created it that created the problem. Um, but yeah, I thought. Uh, Taz, but it was a great race. I, I really enjoyed the Xfinity race. Uh, they, a I
3: looked it. A lot of action. I didn't get to watch it, but uh, I ended up uh, listening to a good part. Um, basically all of it, Brett. except for the last like maybe 15 laps. I didn't get to listen to the last bit of it. Um, right. but I guess Brett
1: Moffat, um, I swear, uh, has done more with less. You know, he did it in the truck series. Now he's doing it again in the Xfinity series. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Brett Moffat uh, deserves a lot more credit than what he gets. I, he,
3: oh my God. As soon as he declared for truck points, I got thinking, why? Because he's full-time with our motorsports. I mean, it gets him up. Uh, a smaller team, um, like he usually has been outside of GMS. So it kind of branches him out to basically um, put everything on all all cylinders, let it loose. And uh, I'm just hoping that he – I'm hoping that maybe next year he stays with our motorsports and get out of the truck series. Um He's got he's got potential, obviously being a
1: past truck champion. Um, this kid's been around as long as Michael Walter bracing. I mean, you know, Michael Walter Bracing's been gone for quite a few years. If everybody remembers correctly, Brett Moss had made his series debut with uh with Michael Walter Bracing. So Brett's been around for a while and, you know, he's definitely uh you know, toned his skills over the years, I guess, because I'm not sure if there was that much talent there when he first came in, but he, I believe, he made his debut along with Ryan Blaney and all that. The same year Ryan Blaney made his debut.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm just hoping that um, next year he goes our motorsports full time, or a better ride opens up in Xfinity, he takes it. I just can't see him. Like I give him props for running full time truck in xfinity but run the truck points but i mean dude you've proven that you're ready to move up into xfinity full-time and run for a championship just you should have taken advantage of it while it was there but i mean like i said full-time running two series gives them seat time great but uh It's just um, – like I said, he, he, gets seat, he gets seat time, but I just want – I want to see him try to move up the ladder.
1: Yeah, Brett Muffin. Um, So, in the Cup Series, I mean, I want to, you know, talk about Clint Boyer real quick. Uh, Clint Boyer is doing an awesome job in the studio. I think that he uh, – his personality is exactly uh, what – we need in the commentating booth, and you guys know more than ever. I'm I'm very critical of the the broadcasting booth because I think that that's a very important place to have the, your your best guys on board. Um, Craig, uh, Craig, Taz, Taz, have you noticed the uh, the high pitchness of Jeff Gordon when he's trying when he's when him and Clint are, like, going at each other and the excitement that kind of Clint brings out of Jeff. I mean, I'm seeing a better side of Jeff Gordon uh, just because I think that Clint, Clint and Jeff actually get along a little bit better than maybe Daryl Waltrip and, and Jeff Gordon. Yeah, Boyer,
3: I think Boyer just needed to bring in that flavor that was missing that when DW left. Um, yeah. Like like I said, nothing against DW. He did he did his time. He threw in the flavor that every commentary booth, no matter um what it is, regard- it doesn't have to be motorsports. It could be in like football, basketball, whatever broadcast you do. You need that one um sole commentator that'll bring flavor. Um and excitement into the booth so that way there when you're watching the sport and you have um, a commentator that's there it's throwing flavor and excitement to you and BW pretty much did that and of course his he saw his time come to an end and yeah. when he left the the booth just got to be bland and not so really right. exciting in comes Clint right. Boyer and we got the flavor back now
1: Right. And, you know, we go back with D.W. with Larry Mack. And D.W. and Larry Mack were a good combo uh, with Mike Joy. And, you know, it's like you said, Daryl Walter was kind of the outspoken one, the one that kept everybody on their toes. But but we can both agree that Jeff Gordon and D.W. never really gelled together. Like it was, you know, it was almost the um, I've accomplished more on the Speedway than you type attitudes between the two. And Clint but- – comes in and he's not as successful in the racetrack, but the guys we may put Clint Boyer in the Hall of Fame just because of his broadcasting. I mean it's it's absolutely entertaining. That's what we need for racing to be exciting It's somebody in that booth who gets excited about what.
3: I think racing. with I think with Gordon versus Waltrip though, more of the old school racer type stuff. Um Whereas Gordon, yeah, he raced towards, I guess you can say the end of, uh, Dale's career. And then he kind of, um, came in and ran, uh, basically for the 2000s and most of the 2010s. But, uh, so he kind of knew the gist and of course him working with Hendrick, he kind of knows the current package and stuff like that. Um. Waltrip doesn't really know much of that because he's more of the old school. Now, mm. Boyer, um, just coming out of retirement yeah, for racing so and, and he's ran yeah. that package. They can feed off
1: one another for it. Yeah. I don't think as I look back though on the greats of Benny Parsons and DW and Ken Squire and Ned Jarrett that they really, and, and Ken Squire wasn't even a race car driver, uh, you know, uh, um, the, the uh, what's his name, Dick Bergeron. He was a driver, but he was never a NASCAR driver. But these guys were, you know, the golden m- mics of of racing. And uh, you know, I think that that's something that we've lacked in the broadcasting booth since we've lost Daryl Waltrip to retirement. You know, no matter what they say, Daryl Waltrip for twenty years gave us. Uh, actually, more than 20 years, because you go back and look at his work, and it, it starts really in about 95, 96 that he starts working uh, in, in the broadcast. But while he was still a driver, he was broadcasting and broadcasted a, a Bush clash race, uh, I believe it was 95. I know you're picking my brain here. Uh, where David Green was allowed to start the Bush clash in a car because he won the championship in the Bush series. Uh, so it's like 95, 96, I believe it was 95, and it was on CBS. I watched the old, uh, the old clip over the wintertime a few years ago. But anyway, it's way too much time. Uh, let's stay focused here. Uh, but I do believe that Clint Boyer is a great beneficiary uh, to uh, the entertainment side of broadcasting. And throughout the race this past weekend, it was like, he would keep Gordon on his toes and Gordon would get uh you know, his high pitched voice and uh I just thought it was uh you know, he you hadn't seen that from Gordon because I don't I don't know if he really has gelled with either of the other broadcasters uh in the past. McDowell, Michael McDowell, another big story there for Michael McDowell. Uh three straight top ten finishes. They said that so they surprised themselves. self Is this is this team Going to be a contender. Down
3: that's the that I'm. That's what I'm starting to wonder because it's uh, him versus Har, him and Harvick, the only two drivers of the entire NASCAR Cup Series field right now that have finished in the top ten in all three races so far. So it's he. He could be a contender. Um, he could be, but I, I want to see how the rest of the season progresses because. Um. Being the first two races, Super Speedway was a win, then a road course, which he's done well with the 34 team. Mile and a half, Homestead, very racy track. he do it right place, right time. You're there. Um, I mean, look at Redick. He was quiet all race long, and then final stage, he was uproaring through the field in the closing laps. Um, unfortunately, he got caught up with Truex and Larson, but what are you going to do?
1: Before we bring our guest on, Taz, as we talked about last week, William Byron was not a first-time winner, but he was a second-time winner. Yep. We have seen since uh, since around August of last year a major uptick in first-time winners. And remember, I predicted last year that William Byron would be the most successful driver, have the most successful year at Hendrick Motorsports. That did not come into fruition. But now with Williams, with do Willie really B be getting his second win and only the third race of the season. Are we, and Tyler Reddick, who could have been in victory lane as well, are we going to see the turn of the tide this year, where last year it was Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin through a lot of the years? Uh, are we going to see the new drivers start stepping up? Because I, I'm pretty excited about the talent that's fixing it. The, the they say the cream rises to the top. I think we're almost there, Taz.
3: Uh, I'm... I think we are now, I think the younger drivers have finally developed um, themselves, not only accustomed to the cup series and kind of adjusted themselves to the competition level and whatnot, but I think they're kind of saying, okay, we need to step our game up because when these uh, veteran drivers leave, we want NASCAR fans to stay connected um, with our sport and we need to be the faces that kind of um, step into the game now in terms of – because, like, johnson, um, cause Johnson's johnson gone, Junior's gone. Harvick's going to have his time gone. Uh, BK eventually is going to be having his time. Um, so, I, I mean, Chase Elliott's come up on the board now, but who's going to be giving Chase Elliott that shoe yeah, there's Larson, but you gotta have more names than that. I mean back in back in the Heyday it was Gordon, Stewart, Johnson, Edwards, Biffle. Now you and now you're having Newman. these guys either retire or be on the brink of retirement. Now you need these younger drivers to come in and kinda of be like, Hey, we wanna be the heyday of this generation.
1: Well, now's the right. time to do it. Exactly. And I see the cream rising to the top, not only in the Cup Series, but also in the Nation in the uh, one Series, in the Xfinity Series, and also the Craftsman Truck Series. Very excited about the 40 truck entry that we'll talk about coming up in the uh, second hour as we get ready to welcome our guest, Mr. Mason Diaz, who's going to stop by. Mason Diaz, an American professional stock car racing driver. He competes for Viscotti Motorsports driving the number 74 Toyota full time in the Arca Menard Series East and part time in the Arca Menard Series. Uh, Mason is coming off of a third place finish this past weekend and I believe a top five finish, a top three finish uh, from Daytona. Ladies and gentlemen, Without further ado, let's welcome Mr. Mason Diaz. I'm seeing you guys today. All right, man. Glad to have you on on Race Jet Live. Mason, we talked to your boss a couple of weeks ago. He's really excited about what you're bringing uh, to the table, the talent that you brought uh, to uh, Visconti uh, Motorsports. Uh, tell us about the ride so far, man.
0: Uh, so far, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. But um, so far, this yes. season going great with this Conti. Um, we should have had a win at um, New Smyrna, but sadly with the wet racetrack and everything, we we got back to the fence, came back for a fourth place finish. But uh, this past weekend, we came off of a second place finish, which finishing behind Gibbs for our small 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 team. It's that's a win for us, but it's not enough. We still want a trophy. But for a low budget team, being up being able to fight with DGR and Gibbs it, it means something for us and uh but we're not done yet we need we have six more aces this season for Arca East playing for a championship for us to to get to get a trophy so uh
1: do you do you feel like this everything's moving in the right, right direction um obviously you've started out uh you've already kind of dipped into the Xfinity series if I'm not mistaken um, did that kind of help you in the development in, for the ARCA? Uh, have you been able to bring that information back down to make you more successful, I guess is what I'm asking.
0: Yeah, I mean, any anytime you're in some form of stock car, it's helping you, no matter what series it is. And those opportunities fell fell through for us at a good time for us to be able to run with BMS and same with Sam Hunt Racing last year. Um, when it, it's, it's a stock car race, and they all – so they might drive differently, but it's still the aspect of driving a heavy car with horsepower versus super late models and late model stocks, which they're a lighter car with more horsepower. So they, they drive differently, but if you're in a stock car, all the experience helps, but, but it also turns around any, any time you're in a vehicle, it is helping you because you're staying behind the wheel of a race car. Um, but so far this season with Tommy Baldwin being crew chief and everyone on, on the team with John and working with my dad working so far for our team that was put together, i would I would say december it it came around so for us to be able to turn around and come off with two top five finishes, be on a podium for one of them that that's a huge step for us, and that only means we can get better throughout the season.
1: Tell us what the expectations were when you signed the deal, Mason obviously December was a late start um did you did you have high expectations or is this kind of just been a a good surprise
3: so
0: when this deal came through, so right now, the main car we're running right now is actually one of my team's cars. So when Visconti and Mad Motorsports came around, they merged. So in 2019, I ran for my dad's team, Mad Motorsports, and this year we merged with Visconti. So we just brought all of our assets together, cars, equipment, everything, and now we're racing is Visconti name. So... When we signed this deal, it, it really wasn't a matter of what we can do. We knew what we could do, and now, we just have to, now we're have. Now we showing ourselves that we can do it. Because um, yeah. when I ran back in 2019, well, all our, our equipment, we finished fourth at Bristol, and we, we, we showed speed everywhere, everywhere we went. So uh, we know the cars are capable of having speed. We used to put the speed at the racetrack.
1: Right. Now, you're no stranger to racing, yes. uh You started racing go-karts at four. I say yep. you had a pretty early dreams about maybe winning some pretty big races up at the top level. Tell us about it,
0: growing up. Well, as a kid. I started racing. When
1: I was four, um,
0: and I'll give you the story. It, it, it started with me playing t ball and went to soccer and everything. And sadly, I wasn't good at those sports because I needed to be first everywhere. So we <laughs> decided to go. We decided to go away where it's just me controlling it. Um, <laughs> so far, it's worked out pretty well, but. Um, I always had to be first to the ball in any sport I was doing and and racing came around and it showed potential. And when I started at four, I mean, I, I don't remember any races where I was four or five years old. I mean it's just the fact of being on the racetrack. Um so for us moving from go karts and it was to the point that I raced champ carts for a while and then band Bandleros came along and then uh Legend Cars was next and then we purchased Southern National Motorsports Park, my dad did and that made a different stepping stone for my career because we were running racetrack and racing at the same time. And uh, it moved along up the ranks and it came to the point that when I was racing legend cars, it was, Are we still having fun with this. And it was a yes. And okay, what's the next step? And the main thing is if we're not having fun with it, what's the point of doing it? And it's a, it's a blast. And the people we put ourselves around with, it, it makes it fun. And as long as you're having fun, that's, it, the money's being spent well.
1: So you're down at Five Flags, you're racing, uh, the Snowflake and, uh, Venturini Motorsports contacts you. Yep. Did you, did you feel like that was the moment that everything started to change?
0: Um, at some point, yes. Um, at that point I already had a truck start and a couple of finish starts and they came around and it was a last minute deal and they needed someone for it and I was able to fill the the shoe for them. Um. Mm -hmm. It was a fun season last year. We didn't have the finishes we wanted to, and stuff like that. So it, it we, sadly, we 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 broke separate ways, and and um, but great team over there. Everyone over there is just they're they're racers. Right. And just like we're doing, every we're doing the same thing they are. Um, we're we're just racers. And, then, and it, it all comes, comes
1: around. Teams in the garage. Uh, yep. uh, and, Mason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so being able to do that it opened the doors last year for me definitely to run for sam hunt racing last year um Mm -hmm. so that helped me out last year and then this year it was kind of up in the air what i was doing until kind of we had talks at towards like november end of the season about doing this with with connie and then it kind of came down to pull the trigger and we just like we need to do it or else we don't have anything really doing this year and so we went ahead and did that and so far it's going great and hopefully we can, can continue to do what we're doing and hopefully get a trophy this year
1: racing so much these days is about marketability and whether or not, uh, this, you can rep how you represent your sponsors and how you represent yourself uh, through social media. Mason, do you have uh, a, a, a good media team that's behind you, a good PR team that's kind of helping you along? Mm-hmm. It? Uh, myself. Um,
0: and I'm not, I've been slacking on it. I'm going to be honest. Um, I haven't been doing it really. I need to pick up the pace on it, which I have been, um, I do it mainly myself, and we have other people that kind of help us, but my dad my sister helps, and it's just really us. We don't we don't really we, – we've talked to the people to do it and just that, but it's just the point that we can't really afford it to go with someone else to do it full-time for us. So doing it ourselves has worked pretty far. Um, but luckily we came across good sponsors, uh, Prince Wayne Marina, Solid Rock Carriers. I mean, they've been – Prince Wayne's been with me since I was in Legend Cars. Um, so they've been a full, full supporter of my whole entire career. Kirk with Solid Rock Carriers, and he came aboard four years ago, and now he's basically family to us. So um, we can't thank them enough for everything they do and being able
1: to partner with us and see where this journey goes. Mason Diaz, what do you see yourself at the end of the year? At the end of the year? And uh, is a championship a possibility with this thing?
0: As we're running right now, I, I, I think there is. Um, right now, looking at who who's full-time, and there's a lot of cars this year going full-time. There's at least six, seven cars going for the championship this year, which is more than last year. So uh, right now with us finishing top five, we continue to do that, and then I think we can. The hardest person right now is obviously there's two of them. It's Taylor Gray and Sammy Smith. But as of right now, Sammy's only run six races, so we don't run the full entire season. And other ones, Taylor Gray. Um, so it, 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 should just, it, it should be a good rest of the season playing out with everyone the championship, and I think it's in week we can do it.
1: It's interesting that you said mentioned Taylor Gray. That was kind of a squabble this weekend. Anything you want to talk about there? It's it's racing. Um, part of it is it's <laughs> just boy. racing.
0: Um, right. Um, I don't really talk to Taylor that much. We do talk at the racetrack, but other than that, it's we're just it's no different than Sammy Smith. I don't really talk to any drivers outside the racetrack. So I mean, whatever happens on the racetrack, I mean, I expect to race the same way and. I don't think this weekend anything was wrong that was a doing. It just, it just he wasn't clear low, and he tried to clear himself and he admitted to make the mistake and it hurt his race, which it it someone hurt my race at the same time, the damage does not help my car at all so.
1: Yeah. um so uh you know tell us uh tell us a little bit about about your background and uh where you grew up at man so I live. So I grew
0: up in NASA, Virginia, which is right next. It used to be Old Dominion Speedway, before they shut down probably seven years ago now. So that was my home track for a while with Old Dominion Speedway, and then that when that place when I was racing there, we bought our national Merriweather Park, which that turned into my home track. Which I've I've raced there ever since we bought the, the racetrack. Um, I have two championships there in late model stocks and multiple wins in other other places and. Now moving up to the ARCA ranks and Xfinity ranks and stuff like that. It, my home track is Star National. Um, now I'm a junior in college, so I'm a full-time student. So I live in Norfolk, Virginia. I go to Old Dominion University, so I live full-time in Norfolk. So there's a lot of travel in the tracks because it's not close to any racetrack other than Langley. But um, I'm a full-time student when I'm not at the racetrack, and, and I enjoy it. I'm going to
3: feed off of you here, Mason. Um, I had a different question, but I'm going to feed off of you here for a second. Um, You're a full-time student at Old Dominion. What is it that you're studying in case your racing career doesn't go the way you would have hoped? So I'm studying business management with a uh,
0: minor in marketing. So the marketing, I mean, both of them set me up for racing careers. Um, But if not, to run the family company, the sign shop that, which you see on my race cars everywhere. Um, it's my dad's company. And hopefully one day I can take over the ranks if this does not go through.
3: Very interesting. Um, now for, now you have two races in the books with ARCA um, and Ard-Z. Um, We have one race in the book for ARCA, uh, the main ARCA series. Um, Are you, I'm not sure if uh, you guys have Phoenix uh, circled on the calendar as your next race, but um, if it is, that's awesome. But if it's not, how do you try to keep yourself focused and locked in for your next time, for the next time you race, which is, I believe in April, April. So May. Phoenix is not on
0: my schedule right now. We're focusing mainly on
3: Arca East um,
0: Phoenix. is It's, it's ARCA West Race, um, so that's not on the schedule. But so our next race in ARCA is actually May 8th at Nashville. Um, but I'm running full-time this year of the Cars Tour, which is a late-moss stock touring division in the southeast, mainly Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, this year I'm touring 12 with them, which is a pretty, pretty cool deal. So that, that puts 14 more races on my schedule this year. So I'm definitely in the seat every weekend and it's pretty cool events on my schedule this year. I'm going to go run dirt for the first time this year. I have about eight races on my schedule for that. So overall the season I'm going to have probably close to 30, 35 events I've ran. So I'm always in the seat on every, every weekend. I think I'm, my schedule right now I only have about five weekends off. So even when I'm not racing ARCA, I'm still in, in a vehicle preparing myself to keep myself in a, in a seat to be able to be a contender each race
3: awesome and you mentioned dirt racing here uh me from with me being from new york there's a lot of dirt racing up here in the northeast um in you you said you've never raced on dirt before i have not nope How, so do you use like any like i-racing stuff or any kind of uh virtual things that kind of get your toes wet have um, have you thought about maybe um, finding a friend to still let you test a car around a track kind of see what it's like?
0: Yeah. So I use iRacing mainly before each race that with the tr- if the tracks are on the on the, the game itself. Um, but for the dirt racing, I'm actually going to go up north and run my buddy's car. Um, so we we have a couple of test sessions set in stone for us to be able to dial me in on dirt since I have not ran before. But, um, Just preparing myself, watching footage, because it's a a completely different world. We go from asphalt having spotters, and me, in my asphalt racing tendencies, I'll have to switch over because dirt racing tendencies are 100% different. You have no spotter. You don't have anything except yourself in the race car. So it's going to be a a huge change for me, but I'm excited to to learn and decided to experience it because I think it can help me tremendously on asphalt.
3: Now... Are you racing like a like a late model or what kind of car are you racing And Where is this at adi- what track are you gonna be at?
0: Um there's a there's about five, six different tracks. They're up like Virginia Motor Speedway is one of them and just other various racetracks more in like PA, Delaware and Virginia. Um so I'm gonna race a dirt crate, um crate late model. So that's 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 on the schedule right now. Same as the asphalt late model stock for cars tour and arca on the schedule. Brett
1: Holmes, uh, he's a he's a late model driver. Um, let's see who else is from the Crate Late Model Series. Tyler Reddick, uh, racing Crate Late Model racing. All, of course, uh, Austin Dillon and Todd Dillon. Brandon uh, Brandon
3: Hightower was a guest. Used uh, used to run late models before he transitioned. Oh, plus his
1: NASCAR career,
3: but now he's running Northeast Modifieds.
1: Joey Gates, Joey Gates, another guy who. Uh, Ran a a, a few neat Smith at the time, uh, Nee Smith uh, crate racing USA late model. Uh, so, how about a how about a jump in a sprint car? Would you uh, Would you hang out with them fellas, Mason?
0: I would definitely hop in one. Whether I could hang with them, different story. <laughs> um, I would probably go a little bit smaller with maybe a micro or maybe a midget first.
1: I just wouldn't hop in a
0: sprint car. But I I to I want to drive a midget. That's, that's my goal to get to. Is I wanna I wanna run a midget. They look like a blast to drive. So and I'm just I've been talking to people to see what's the best to get on to it and I don't know if dirt late miles is the way to go, but it it was an opportunity for me to do this year and we took it. So um being able to have friends in the friends in the uh, racing industry to be able to hop in the race cars is always cool to do. So it
3: right.
0: right. I'm looking forward well, what to it. To,
3: what's your thought process um of- NASCAR uh putting um uh, one of their cup cars on Bristol dirt uh for the first time in many 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 years.
0: Oh, well, the truck racing is always good on dirt. So, it shouldn't it shouldn't be the, any different so to say. Um I'm not sure how the is going to hold up with Bristol not normally being dirt truck. I mean, every, there's a lot of questions in the air for it. Um I know Br- Bristol put dirt on it Probably what eight years ago now, probably around there, maybe even longer. And they had supers and lubricant oil stuff on on the track. Um, we
1: were born so in you yeah. were born in two thousand, Mason. you were been born in two thousand. Yeah, that yeah. race was in two thousand one, I believe. <laughs> okay, so it was, it was longer ago
0: than that. I just knew that they did it. So um, yes, it's been done before, but there's a lot of variables in the in actual surface of the racetrack that people do not know about yet. Um, I definitely, the drivers can definitely handle it because like, so, I mean, most of them have ran dirt before in their lives and they're, they're in cup for a reason and we're not. So there's no aspect in my mind the drivers can't handle it. It's just more of what the question for the track is going to be and what the cars are going to do because these cars weren't really built for dirt. Um, they're built for more asphalt, but it's going to be a great race probably. And it it should be a good time.
1: I think you- that uh, we had a successful transition with the trucks to dirt. I think they learned a lot with that, and NASCAR is going to be able to apply that to what uh, what they're yes. doing in Bristol. They're already testing cars. It's, you know, my 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 biggest thing was they were bringing cars to the track well before this is even going to happen. They're putting the test down. They're making sure that uh, you know all the nooks and crannies are worked out uh, because this is going to be a huge stepping stone for. We're racing to mend both both dirt and asphalt racers together, and it needs to be done the right way, and, and I commend NASCAR so far. They they look like they're headed uh, in in the right direction. Pat, um, what else do you have, sir? Um,
3: if all goes well, at least with the cup level and Bristol dirt, um, we obviously know what the truck is like. We've seen ARCA hit the dirt um over at Springfield, do you if all things considered, do you kind of see maybe um, Arca maybe throwing in um, just one little small dirt race into the, like the smaller cities, like the East and the West like you're running, Mason? Um, I can see it happen. Just the main thing is just budget
0: and wh- where they're the kind of cars you're trying to bring into smaller teams like myself. We, we would put a car together for it, but. It, having those cars to be able to do it, being able to have right. four or five Arca cars themselves to own, to be able to have one for dirt. Cause there's a lot of things that change over on those cars for dirt. Now I wouldn't be against it. Cause I, I Arca, the main Arca series runs it and they do well on the, they, 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 they drive fine. So I, I wouldn't oppose to having a dirt race for Arca East or Arca West. It's just more of on the lines of when or how they do it, you know, um, there's definitely cool dirt tracks around us and on the southeast or east coast that we can go run, and uh, it would be a cool opportunity if they did it.
1: Mason, so, we're seeing a uh, kind of an overturn of talent uh, throughout the last several years. I've heard whispers even that the greatest racers are being bred right now in the lower series. We haven't seen anything yet. Tell us about the level of the talent that's surrounding you, Mason. Not just not just the talent that you're bringing to the table, but also the talent that you're learning and you're you're feeding off of from other racers. Not only within your series, but your your crew chief is Tommy Baldwin. Uh, you 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 have you have certain people around you that have a lot of experience in the Cup racing side and in racing in general. This information is really important to a driver like you. But there's a lot of that going on in the garage. How talented are the drivers around you, and, and do you feed off of those drivers?
0: Well, I mean, anytime you load off a trailer at any racetrack, you know who's going to be fast. And people might surprise you and be even faster, but the people around you fuel you to go faster. It doesn't matter where you go. And the majority of the racetracks that we run on the East, I've been to before. So the tracks themselves, I might have a challenging time at the track but I at least have laps around the racetrack, which has helped, that helps me, but tracks I don't go to there's, I have people I talk to and, in, in racing alone, just, just to have people to be able to call. And it's all about connections in the sport to be able to talk to, to, to see how you might be able to run your line different or let off points or what the track's going to do. The more rubber gets onto it and a whole bunch of different things. And just having those people in your corner to know, Hey, I can
1: call them for advice is huge. And you, you, you have a big toolbox to work for, work from, right? I mean, to craft your skill these days is a lot different than it was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, you had to get laps, you had to find seats, you had. But these days, you have a lot more tools to work with. Am I Am I mistaken?
0: No, you're not. And and it, you have you have past competitors now in the like 100% of the sport and crew chiefs and everyone that's in the in the in the racing industry has raced before. If they're a cup. Or, or around it, they've been racing the whole entire lives. So this that experience alone helps you. But now you bring in eye racing, simulator time, you bring in all these other aspects of racing that is new. And if you don't have those aspects, you are behind the ball. And I'm not saying you can't do without them, but if you don't have simulator time, you, you're you are kind of you don't, have, you don't have that you don't have that tool to help you succeed. And that's the biggest thing is that you're fighting in the other. It's research development that you're fighting other teams and the budget that if they're able to spend versus some other ones. So the tools in your toolbox, sometimes the best ones to have, though, is the people you talk to versus simulator time. And being able to have those things really does help.
1: Is William Byron a perfect example of that? I'm sorry? Is William Byron a perfect example of that topic that we just discussed? Exactly. Being I mean, a- I remember- being available to those tools to be able to ascend his career to what it is. Because obviously, you know, a lot of people thought that William Byron may have been brought up way too fast and that he could possibly be a flop this past weekend. I think he's pretty much proved to everybody that he belongs. Uh, it's some, some drivers, it takes it a minute, but considering where he was at 15 and where he is now, he's got a great toolbox to work out of.
0: Yes, 100%. And. It doesn't matter where and what form of racing you're in. You're going to learn every weekend. And it doesn't matter what it is. And I remember William, he came and raced the Star National a few years ago or, or a while ago now, and he hasn't been racing long. He has not uh, compared to other people who brought up in the ranks, but he has the talent to be there. Um, so as long as you're showing talent, you're able to do that. But the aspects and the tools he's, he's had at Hendricks and the teams he's put himself with has helped him. I mean, he's, he was teammates with seven times. Jimmy Johnson. I mean that 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 person alone, that person alone is, is huge. It's a huge gain for him. And The people that were surrounding him, the teammates is that's part of it. Being able to talk to someone, to be able to communicate with someone that knows your exact issue and how you can fix
1: it, that's huge. If you could work with anybody in the Cup garage, who would it be, Mason? Um, I don't really know. I really don't. I
0: mean, every single team there's someone that has more experience than me. I mean, just to be able to work with any, any of them in, in the cup of garage would be huge, and that's the goal. And it doesn't matter what team it is. I, I just want to work with someone in the cup garage because it is a huge aspect. And I, I already think I am. I mean, my crew chief this year has Daytona 500 wins, so I already have someone in my, in my play. I'm already working with someone that has been the cup garage, and that's a huge advantage to our
3: team. So we're going to circle things back around you. you. Obviously, right now, you've got some starts. Um, couple one or two starts in truck and Xfinity and now here you are competing for Arca East getting some starts in the main Arca series what are your plans um, and what are your hopes um, moving forward in terms of your racing career uh,
0: the big thing is just performing If you're not performing then then
3: you can't move up you know
0: is being able to talk to someone to be able to say hey partner up with us to do X for next year or whatever the case is, you have to perform in order to do that. If you're running a, you know, in order to move forward, you have to perform. I mean, it, that's flat out with anything you're doing in life. Um, so the goal this year is to perform. If we come out the championship, that's fantastic. If we come in top three, that's great. The goal is, is a championship, but if every weekend we go and perform, we can't we cannot control an engine malfunction or a parts failure. We we can't really control that. But if if we put our hearts towards it and perform each weekend, that's all we that's all we ever asked for. And so perform this year, in hopes to upgrade for next year to do something else or carry this on. That's the goal.
3: I I mean that sounds like a that sounds like a driven driver. If anything, um, while we got you for a few more minutes, do you have any, uh, any sponsor plugins, um, social media, if we can find you anywhere that you want to kind of plug in while we still got you for a few minutes? Yeah.
0: Um, go ahead and follow me at Mason Diaz racing on all three Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They're the same for all the Mason Diaz racing. Go, go give that a follow. You'll be able to follow my whole entire season this year uh, with the uh, Parka East, um, Cars Tour, and the Dirt Late Model Races. And uh, I got to thank everyone as part of the team, definitely Visconti Motorsports, being able to come along this year with Tommy Baldwin and John. The whole entire team over there has been great to work with so far. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Um, thanks to Solid Rock Carriers for coming on board for the whole entire year. Stay same with Pennsylvania Marina, Multimate, uh, the Sign Shop, Contour Auto Service, uh, TSS. I mean, all anyone that's been a part of my career this year, in the past and this year. It's a huge help. Without them, I wouldn't be here.
1: All right. Well, we're glad to have you on a Race Chat Live. I look forward to having you on again later on as we get an update on how your season is going along. Uh, Mason, thank you for stopping by. And uh, so your next race is going to be Talladega.
0: No, my next race is gonna be May eighth at Nashville in
1: Arca. Ah, and the return to Nashville. You you kinda of excited about that one? Have you have you uh, got some simulated time on uh, for, for that racetrack or maybe I racing?
0: Um, I racing for sure. Um it's Nashville Fairgrounds, so it's the it's the short track there, not the mile oh, and it's half the old track, yeah. Later. Awesome. So ah. I've raced there before in prolite models and supers, so I have some laps in that track. So I'm looking forward to going back there and hopefully finishing another strong performance. And uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. We're going to touch some cool tracks this year. So every single track on our keys is really cool this year. So I'm looking forward to touching every single one of them. All
1: right. Well, thank, well, thank you thank again you for, for having being me on. A... Yes, sir. And give a shout-out to uh, uh, John Visconti of uh Motorsports. Uh, tell him we said hi and uh, good luck to you, man. We look forward to having you on again.
0: I appreciate you having me, and uh, I look, for, um, hopefully, we're back on this year, and
1: it was fun. All right, thank you, man. Right, thank Mr. you, Mister Mason Diaz. Wow, I mean, as always, a uh, great, great guest. And uh, I guess it's time for our studio break as we uh, get a shout-out
2: from our
1: uh, show sponsor here.
2: Are you ready? Your wedding day, a day that you've envisioned in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality... Don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime event to a a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. The entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M O O R E 2 M U S I C. More to music. Find more to music on Facebook, M O O R E 2 M U S I C. Also moretomusic.com. More to music.com. More to Music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds. Including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends? More to music. Owner operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to music. M O O R E, the number two, M U S I C. More to music. More to music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your events. Plus, check out more2music.com. Find out how you could win $500 in karaoke idol. more2music.com. More to music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage. more2music.com. M-O-O-R-E, the number 2 musi ccom more to M-U-S-I-C.com. more2music.com. When what you want is more than music, what you need is more to music. more to musiccom
1: All right. Well, that was a lengthy commercial for uh, the possum, Mr. No-Show, Craig Moore. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about short track racing on this top of this hour. I think we were supposed to discuss something else. I forget already. I didn't write it down either. That's dumb. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, Yeah, so – We've got uh, some racing that's already started up down here in the south. The uh, Hattiesburg Speedway race this past weekend. Um, Kenny Schrader finished second in the modified class. He got whooped by Brooke Strength. <laughs> and uh, the, if you didn't get the last, well, it's because you, you don't know Brooke Strength. He's a great guy. Uh, he puts the ass whooping on just about anybody. Um, the sprint cars, the USCS sprint cars uh, invaded Hattiesburg. Speedway, a um, a young man very very young, sixteen years old, uh, won, the, won the race. I'll have his name pulled up here in just a minute. Um, and why not motorsports Park? Uh, they start They start up this weekend with the Battle of the States. So our racing in the south uh, has just just now started kicking off. Let's see who that winner was real quick for Hattiesburg Speedway. Uh, Mark Smith. Nope, that's a car on the point. Nope, that's car on point. So, you you going on? Do you want, yeah, Ken Schrader. Can you see
3: Ken Schrader uh, pilot an SRX car, now that I think about it?
1: Oh, that would be great to see, for sure. Hattiesburg... Friday night. Okay, Pauly colagio from Cesario, New York won the USCS Outlaw Thunder Tour 30-lap main event uh, Friday night at Hattiesburg Speedway. Uh, Calavani took the lead from 13-time USCS national champion Terry Gray from Bartlett, Tennessee at the race's midpoint and streaked to a comfortable lead in clean air only to have a had to hold off great teammate and two-time U.S. national champion, the fastest girl on dirt, Morgan Turpin, from Somerville, Tennessee, for several restarts. After a restart with 13 to go, Calavani held off Turpin, then eventual runner-up 2020 U.S.C.S. Mid-South Region champ, Dale Howard, from Baylor High, Mississippi, for his first visit to the www.rockauto.com U.S.C.S. Victory Lane. Behind Howard in second, Turpin grabbed the final podium spot for third. She was followed by Young Gun, Ryan Timms from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, in fourth place, and Max Stamball, uh, from Elizabeth, Ohio, rounded out the top five drivers. Terry Gray led the next group in sixth, followed by rookie Brent Cruz from Denver, North Carolina, in the seventh spot. USCS National Points Leader Mark Smith from Sunbury, Pennsylvania, who was involved in a first-lap multi-car tangle, was eighth. Sprint Car Hall of Famer Danny Smith from Chillicothe, Ohio, was ninth, and 2017 USCS Mid-South Thunder Tour Rookie of the Year Chase Howard rounded out the top 10. Rookie sensation Brent Crew started 13th and finished seventh advancing six positions to garner the Will Wood Disc Hard Charger Award for his efforts. Saturday night's event was canceled at Magnolia Motor Speedway. Uh, Most of those drivers headed towards Chatham Speedway for the next big race which is coming up, I believe, this week. So that was out of Hattiesburg Speedway for the U.S. uh, Sprint Car Team. Of course, uh, Mr. Uh, Pete Walton runs that series. It's one of the. Uh, um, it's actually one of the most uh, important series for spray car racing in our region, and uh, they always pull a lot of big name drivers such as Tony Stewart, and several others. Uh, Taz, what's going on up in New York? Well, before
3: I get to New York in the Northeast area, you mentioned a track that kind of plugs into. Um some modified racing that um, we'll be racing down south here very shortly uh, that you might want to try to get to hopefully this year, Chris. But uh, you mentioned Chatham Speedway. Well, Chatham Speedway will be um, hosting the 2021 season opener for the what was the Southern Super Modified Series and now named Short Track Super Series Cajun Region. Uh, Chatham Speedway will open the season for the STSS Cajun Region on Saturday, March 27th. Um, the Cajun Region uh, had a competitors um, a competitor meeting uh, this past weekend at Shane Seafood and Barbecue. Brett um, Dale was there. He introduced um, Chris and Tim Bates. Um, from Louisiana as the series director's for the first year Cajun region. Um, De- Brett Dale, who runs the short track super series primarily in the Northeast, which we'll get more news onto him and his two slash three tracks in a minute here. But he wants to do a he wants the series to run at least ten races, um, uh, all ten races being a points paying race. Um, right now, they have visits guaranteed to Chatham Speedway in Louisiana, uh, Sabine Motor Speedway in Many, Louisiana, and 171 Speedway in Leesville, Louisiana. Um, they do they want to end the season on October 9th at 171 Speedway. They do have a postseason uh, combined with the Northeast uh, Short Track Super Series regions plus the Cajun region as uh, a postseason crossover events um, once again and the Cajun swing in November uh, back-to-back events on November 10th and 11th at Arcla Tech Speedway in Vivian Louisiana and then going to Chatham for two nights the uh, qualifying night for the Mons in the March 75 on Friday November 12th and then the $20,000 win 75 lap main event on Saturday November 13th, uh, Dale did outline the 2021 rules and procedures for the Cajun region, answered any questions for competitors on hand. Um, One thing they did go over was um, Dale said that there's a increased pay structure for any event attracting 10 or more cars for the Cajun region um, with $1,000 going to the winner. $750 750 for second and $200 just to take the green flag. Tim Bates Painting announced a $3,000 contribution to the 2021 SCSS Cajun Region Point Fund. Um, a $25 per car per event payment from Dave Motorsports of Tyler, Texas will fill out the Point Fund for the inaugural season. Um, there were 17 memberships filed for the uh, 2021 STSS Cajun Region. Um, I'll get to some of those in a minute. But well, you can visit them um, on Facebook uh, at Short Track Super Series Cajun Region. Um, you can also find them on the website at shorttracksuperseriescajun.com. Or if you have Instagram, they're on there as well at shorttrackss underscore Cajun underscore region. Um, Some of the highlighted names, I would say, from the Cajun region that filed their registration for the 2021 season down south. Um, Caleb Dillard, the 2020 Southern Super Modified Series champion, has filed his registration um, along with Greg Dillard. Dillard. No, Caleb. Caleb. Wow.
1: And Greg?
3: And Greg Dillard filed as well. Um wow, great coming back. Uh Brandon Hightower filed in, doesn't surprise me any. Um, some returning drivers from last year. Uh Jimmy McCummis, uh David Forbes, Keith Badioli, Joe Boswell, and Glenn Stone. Um, and then uh Tommy Rasko who ran with the Cajun Reed or Cajun Swing last year. In November, um, he also ran the Sunshine Swing uh, in Florida this past January into February. Um, he'll be running the Cajun region this uh, this season for Down South. Uh, more Southern or more short track Super Series news as we are coming up to March our first ever uh, point paying event for 2021 in the Northeast for the series. Uh, March 12th and 13th for the first South region paying event to kick things off. And then on March 20th and 21st, they'll go to the Keystone State, Pennsylvania. They will head to Salem's Grove on the 20th and Port Royal Speedway on the 21st. And speaking of Brett Dale, this guy... um, there's a lot of speculation went around during the off season of racing here in the Northeast, especially in New York. Well, it kind of revolves around the Utica speedway and room. And we put it on race chat live cage. Um, a, wh- a little while ago of how the track was up for sale and whatnot. Well, when you have a track, and a very hungry and great promoter, you kind of put the two and two together, and you have Brett Deo now running Utica Rome Speedway. Um, the track, oh, wow,
1: that was fast.
3: Uh, he he now runs Utica Rome Speedway. Um, he is taking the track from Sunday night, running weekly on Sunday nights, to now running weekly on Friday nights. Um, it'll be different um, for sure as Unichrome Speedway was my home track as a kid. Um, That was my track where anything racing-wise has started for me pretty much. So it was great to see that he bought um, my childhood weekly home track. Um, And he will be racing Friday night as a sister track to um, another home track of mine now, uh, Fonda Speedway, Uticarome Speedway. Um, it's planning to start on May 7th. Um, the weekly attractions will be the Sunoka Modifieds, uh, $2,400 to win each week, $1,000 to win each week, Crate 602 Sportsman, and $800 to win each week for the Pro Stocks. Um, Four cylinders and limited Sportsmen's will be the weekly classes for both Utichrome and Fonda Speedway. Um, one thing Brett Deo did announce between the two tracks, um, they announced a six-race uh, Thunder on the Throughway Series. Six races amongst three divisions in the two tracks um, is how the series will work. Um, here's the series breakdown. Uh, we start at Fonda Speedway on Saturday, May 8th. Uh, modifieds will have $4,000 to win that night. Crate 602 Sportsman will have $15 to win and Pro Stocks $1,000 to win. Uh, Friday, May 14th will be at Utah Speedway for round two. Modifieds again, 4000 to win. 602 Sportsman 1500 and Pro Stocks $1,000. And then round three will be 4th of July weekend, Saturday, July 3rd at Fonda Speedway. Uh, there will be the Red, white, and blue, four thousand dollar to win modified feature, crates fifteen hundred and the ProSox a thousand dollars. Then we go whether we stay at Fonda Speedway for round four on Saturday, July twenty fourth. For the lazaro Memorial forty four lap uh modified feature where the winner gets to take home four thousand four hundred forty four dollars plus lap money and heat race money. Uh Sportsman will still be fifteen hundred and ProSox a thousand dollars to win round 5 will be rounds 5 and 6 will be at Uticarome Speedway. Round 5 is uh Friday, July 30th. Um the typical modified 4000 to win crate sportsman 1500 Pro a $1000. In the finale um it's a big one for the modified, but crates will still run 1500 to win and Pro a $1000 to win. However, modifies will have their big old finale on Sunday, September fifth. That's right, a Sunday race, so instead have a Friday one. Um, it will be Thunder in the Thruway C- Series finale, the New York, the return of the New Yorker 100, Ten thousand dollars to win, five hundred dollars to start, plus the Patriot Sprint Tour three hundred and sixty Sprint cars invade Utica Rome Speedway, and of course with Brett Dale, um, with Fonda. Utichrome has now joined with the American Racer Cup. Uh, Drivers can join, um, can register for racing their home track with the best uh, selected finishes, giving them points plus bonus points depending on where you finish and how many car counts are in that week. Um, Kind of like how the NASCAR weekly home track deal kind of worked out of how Annie Crane mentioned it last week with Bethel Motor Speedway. Well, American Racer Cup has multiple tracks on hand with this, and they take the your best your best uh, selected finishes. So I think I think it's like best ten finishers or something like that. They pull them out together. Um, they give you some bonus points depending on your car counts for each of your finishes and whoever finishes at the season end. Um, is your American racer cup champion last year. It was Stuart Friesen, no shocking surprise. Um, but he did stop the two year reign of Matt Shepard or I think Shepard won in the last three years. I don't remember, but, uh, another thing from Utah is they're bringing back the slingshot series thanks to a sponsor known as media care senior services based in Mexico, New York and Ocala, Florida. Um, slingshots will run the inner oval for nine right nine times on friday nights may 7th 21st june 4th and 18th july 2nd and 16th along with july 30th august 13th and 27th they will compete for a two thousand dollar port point paying fund um 500 for second 400 for 250 200 150 for your top we'll round out your top five and then $100 for 6th through 10th at the year end. Um, so a lot going on for Brett Dale um, with Utica And one other thing I want to add in with Utica and the short track super series in general, the North region now has a, as an added date and mark the calendar folks, July 22nd, that is a Thursday night. The return of the Richie Evans Remembered 61 event. Uh, the North Region for the Modifieds. Uh, winner will take home $6,100 in this 61 lap feature and $610 to start. Uh, the North Region Crate Sportsman will be on hand as well. 25 laps the distance for their feature. to the winner. And, of course, Fonda Speedway um, set to roll off their 2021 schedule. Um, I believe in a couple weeks they have their car show that ended up getting postponed thanks to COVID last year. Um, On March, the weekend of March 26th through 28th at Viaport Mall of Rotterdam. Um, Open practice on April 10th. And April 17th is the season opener with all their divisions that um, contain the modified 602 sportsmen's pro stocks, limited sportsmen, and the four cylinders. The street stocks are not a class at Fonda Speedway this year. I believe that's because of low car counts in the last few years. But that's a lot of news to take in for Brett Dale, for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, and – uh, to add on to that, uh, Taz, Lucas Oil Dirt Lake Model Series, they do not start back up until March 19th. Uh, they'll be at Atomic Speedway in uh, Chilochee, Ohio. Miss Lee, did I say that right? Chilochee, Chilica- Ohio at Atomic Speedway uh, for $12,000 to win. Uh, so we'll be ready for the Lucas Oil Dirt Lake Model Series to kick their action back up. Here in just a couple of weeks. Um, so why not Motorsports Park uh, has separated ways sep- separated ways with uh, former uh, co-promoter Philip Hathcock. Um, if you watched a little bit of the Facebook, you might have seen some of the meltdown and all. I'm not here uh, to make uh, any judgment on that particular subject. Uh, but it has been announced publicly that Philip Hathcock is no longer uh, affiliated with the Why not Motorsports Park. and But Rodney Wayne assures everyone that the Southern Street Stock Nationals will go on. Uh, but uh, in today's news, Cherokee Speedway announced a major $10,000 to win Street Stock race. It's just a couple of weeks before uh, the Street Stock Nationals, and it is being put on by former promoter uh, Phillip Hathcock. So uh, a little bit of war of uh, stock car races there real close together. Hopefully they'll be able to be successful in both areas. Of course, I'm uh, an announcer there at not Motorsports Park, so I want uh, as many cars as possible uh, to be there. And, and 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 keep the tradition of the street stock nationals races. Sometimes business partners don't work out, and this is one of those situations. Uh, hopefully, they will uh, be both successful as they continue in in, in their own paths. And uh, um, from somebody who's worked around Philip for the last eight years, I, I wish him the best of luck. And uh, um, no hard feelings for sure from from my side. Of course, you know, I'm not speaking for the racetrack when I when I say that. Uh, but uh so you know, we kick off with the battle of the states this upcoming weekend, a lot of money. On all sides of the spectrum. Uh thousand dollar modified race, I think twelve hundred dollar street stock race or twelve hundred dollar modified, thousand dollar street stock, just some money thrown in on the six oh twos. Uh, this is the championship belt race, uh where you get a championship belt. Uh so uh we're expecting a good turnout for our season opener at Wilder Motorsports Park. And uh bring a friend. As we kick things off, March 6th, for the first race of the season at the House of Hook, Outlaw Speedway race this past weekend down in Biloxi, Mississippi, and the brand-new racetrack down there. They had, I heard, I heard through the great, I heard it through the great sign that they had 5,000 people. Oh, my gosh. 5,000 people at a dirt track race. It. That don't give you chill bumps. I don't know what will just nice to know. Yeah, that sure does mean people, especially in New York. to know that many people will still love dirt track racing. Um uh they're uh, having a big show in a couple weeks here, $5,000 to win, I believe, late model race They have decided to be uh to turn that into a two-day event. Kind of doesn't sit well with a Friday night race track, uh being that uh they're probably in close proximity of each other, so uh We'll see how that works out and whether or not that racetrack has to uh, call off their show because another racetrack is scheduled on top of there. But uh, hopefully, we'll see racing at both places uh, March 12th. And then, if you didn't make the race for uh, the Outlaw Speedway on the 12th, then hopefully they'll let you fall to the rear on the 13th and you can still race for that big money over there. Um, but This is Mississippi, and uh, that's how we race around here. A lot of money being put in through Deep South Speedway on the payouts. A lot of money stacked up on Outlaw Speedway. Uh, Of course, I have personal views about stacking a whole lot of money out there, but I'm not a racer. I am just a broadcaster. So if there's racers listening, I would probably just not want to piss them off by giving my uh, personal opinions on how the pay structures should go about. But, uh, guys, if they're paying a lot of money, go race with them, okay? Go go down there and go get that money because uh, most of the time in these situations, that money won't last for very long. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. And, Taz, maybe you can agree with me. It seems like every time they start throwing a whole bunch of money into a certain series and certain classes, uh the inevitable happens you get a bunch of fighting you get people pissed off well i'm not going to race here no more i'm going to go down the road and uh then you wind up having the separation of church and state and uh most of the time you know weekly racing is where it's at of course you know when you have big block modifies and you got super late models guys those are big shows but there is there is support classes and that's exactly what they're supposed to be and like i said I'll, i'll i'll end up pissing off a racer here tonight because you know, a hot shot driver, or a modified driver, you know, a modified a great too, Uh street side driver, but, you know, the fact of it is, is when promoters start trying to throw a whole bunch of money down on the table, it winds up causing conflict. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll just see how this works out for Deep South Speedway and Outlaw Speedway. They have good, uh, firm ownership. Of course, if you follow Zach Rushing, uh, I don't know if you guys up north know about him. He's a He's an Internet uh, superstar, Uh, talks about the Southern way of life all the time. Uh, Check him out, Zach Rushing, on Facebook. He is the part owner, I believe, son of the owner, uh, over at Outlaw Speedway down in Biloxi, Mississippi. It's the first time in many years that Biloxi actually has a racetrack. Um, It's a long time coming, uh, some of the best racing in the world. Uh, happened right down there on the coast, on the beach. Uh, Beloved. Everybody, you know, when you think beach racing, you think Daytona, but when you're from Mississippi, you really know how what went down in the South on that beach uh, growing up as a kid. Some of your favorite racers, whether Jerry Inman, Mike Bolin, uh some of the superstars of uh, Mississippi racing, lake model racing, uh, raced right down there at that big old truck, of course. Uh, the track was also put into the greatest uh, racing movie ever made. Uh, not this racetrack, but the old racetrack in Biloxi. Uh, of course, that movie that I'm talking about is Six Pack, the old Brewster Baker. Uh, that is a scene there from that racetrack, from the old racetrack down there in Biloxi, Mississippi. So, uh, as we get ready for our last segment of the evening, I mean, any more dirt track news or any more? Um, local racing news that we might need to cover. I, I you know, it's nice to see five flags back open. Um, big racing here we come! It's getting springtime. Uh I think, I think I've covered it all for the
3: most part for now, at least for the northeast part okay. of it. Right, right, okay. But now we got Las Vegas August. this weekend. We did. Uh. But before we preview and make our picks for the weekend, um, quickly go over the point standings heading into um, the Sin City, the gambling town. Um, We'll kind of start things off with the truck series since they are on Friday night. They only have two races in, but it doesn't hurt to look at what we got so far. Um, Currently right now, the only driver locked in to the 10 truck playoff grid Um, Is Ben Rhodes, the points leader. Behind him at second, nine points back, is John Hunter Nemechek. Third is Sheldon Creed, 13 back. Chandler Smith in fourth, uh, 30 back. Matt Crafton rounds out your top five, 37 points back. And ironically enough, four of the top five uh, trucks are Toyotas. Behind Matt Crafton will be Carson Hosevard in the 42, sitting sixth, 45 points back. Rafael Lassard in seventh, 46 back. Cody Rohrbaugh sitting in eighth, 50 points back, but that's going to shrink an, all, an awful lot because this weekend Grant and Finger will pile that truck. Um, Johnny Sauter sits in ninth, um, 53 points back. And running up the top ten um, is a three-way tie, but it's looking like at the moment the tiebreaker is going to Ryan Truex. Um, but he is tied with Todd Gillen and Austin Wayne-Self, all three of those drivers, 55 points back. Um, on the Xfinity Series side, right now, two drivers – actually, yeah, two drivers locked in because Ty Gibbs is not running for driver points. Um, Austin Tindrick leads the way, locked in, uh, 147 points behind him in second. You're a winner from Homestead is Maya Snyder locked in with 29 points back. Third is Daniel Hemrick, 30 points back. Jeb Burton from College Racing sits fourth, 41 points back. Brandon Jones draws out your top five, 54 points back. Justin Haley sitting in sixth, 57 points back. Harrison Burton, seventh, 58 back. Jeremy Clements, a very small team, sitting eighth, 60 points back. Brandon Brown, another small team, sitting ninth, 72 back. A.J. Almendinger. From College Racing, rounds out the top 10. 77 points back. Riley Herbst, 85 back. And Landon Castle, um, he is tied with Kyle Weatherman. But Castle will get the tiebreaker in that deal. Um, Rounds out your top 12.
1: um, Landon Castle still racing for... uh, Sorry to stomp on you there. Taz, but is Landon Castle still racing for Morgan Shepherd's race team? Is that is that, that team that's in the top ten? I, I, I no. I hope that's checked it, out. It,
3: no. Castle the JD Motorsports number four car this year.
1: Ah, the old Ross Chastain mobile. Doing big that's things right. in the in the, uh, in the number four. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt also races for that team as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, he does in the zero machine. hmm Okay.
3: Um, We'll go over to the cup side. So, Maya
1: Snyder. Holy heck, how did we even miss that story? I guess we bounced around with Noah Gresden uh, and and, and just totally, I mean, that number two team, that's, you know, that's a Richard Childress team. I know that he won because Gresden got into a wreck, but still, Maya Snyder, uh, Marty Snyder's son. You know, uh, how cool is that, man?
3: I mean Maya Snyder was due for a win Um, I think him going over To the I think it was the Euro Series last year kind of helped him out Um, I know they run more road courses than anything But I wouldn't be surprised if he does Win a road course race this year and it was great That he won at Homestead I mean well deserving driver he had Talent he was rookie of the year in the truck series And then a year later he didn't have a riding truck Which was shocking To me but Maybe it was kind of a sponsorship mishap, something. I don't know, but who knows? Um, back to the uh, standings here. Um, on the Cup side, Denny Hamlin is your points leader, 139 points. Harvick sits second, 20 points back. Logano is third, 31 back. McDowell sits fourth, 33 points back. Uh, he's locked in. Chase Elliott rounds out your top five, 34 points back. Kurt Busch, sixth, 35 points back. Christopher Bell, who's locked in, is seventh, 40 points back. Kyle Larson, an eighth, 42 points back. Truex, ninth, 43 back. BK, Brad Keselowski, rounds out your top ten, 44 points back. And the remainder of your playoff field as we speak right now um, is Austin Dillon, an 11th. Ryan Priest tied with Austin Dillon, so that's eleven and twelve. Thirteenth is William Byron. He's locked in. Cole Custer fourteenth. Chris Buescher fifteenth. And, uh, and believe it or not, believe it or not, Bubba Wallace
1: in the sixteenth spot. <laughs> Bubba Wallace, a playoff contender. That would it would be a perfect test segment to start the pretender or contender. Uh, segment. Well we'll just save that for next week. Uh, watch yeah. out for blah, 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 blah. I see I say watch out for Daniel
3: Suarez. He may sit twenty second, but that team ran so well at homestead this past weekend.
1: What is going on with that twenty one team? I I expected a rebound this weekend. I expected DM to run up front. Um he's not been able to dig himself out of the cellar. Where's he sitting at right now in points, Taz? Thirty seventh? Thirty-six. Thirty-fourth. Thirty-fourth. Mm. Team's got a long way to go. And and sure it, kind of a disappointment. I really thought that they would start the season off strong. Um, unfortunately, it's just not happened for the their team. Uh, Kyle Bush is a name that I did not hear in that top 16. Where's Kyle Bush sitting at this week, Tess?
3: Kyle Bush in that number 18 machine currently sits 21st? Eighteenth.
1: Eighteenth is number. Well, I expect him to go up from there. He was, I think, he was somewhere around the twentieth uh, position last week. Um, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, are they are are they contenders? Is has Richard Childress come back from the the cellar? I guess is have they come back from the dead? Is Richard I... Childress racing on the rise? I, I, you can't. They're rising like the self-rising cornbread right now, son. I'm telling I think... you, I see big things coming along for Ro- Richard Childress Racing, and I am ready to point at all the doubters of Austin Dillon that he is talented enough to be a contender in the championship with Richard Childress Racing.
3: I think. I think I said this last week. I believe. And like I said, nothing against Ryan Newman, but when he left RCR, which opened the door for Tyler Reddick, I believe that gave Austin Dillon um that competitive urge. And people could say, Oh, he's always had it, this, that, blah, blah, blah. But let's carrying a franchise. But let, let let's but let's face facts here though. Yeah, he had his one win, and people can say, "Oh, he he won a Daytona. That's a plate race. He got lucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, he won the Charlotte. the six hundred the six hundred mile race at Charlotte. He he just won mm-hmm. on fuel. This that blah blah blah." But you are seeing we are three races in so far. Vin Dylan, currently sitting eleventh, who is five points back from she top ten right now. Now, like I said, nothing against Ryan Newman, but I think with Tyler Reddick coming in to be that second ride with Ryan Newman leaving, I think that gave Austin Dillon that competitive edge because Reddick is hungry. We all know that. I mean, we see we saw Reddick win two Xfinity championships, and one of them was was with RCR.
1: And um, we watched him go from an eight-second deficit with nine laps to go to second place and, and could exactly. have possibly won the race had he not got uh, stuck behind some slower cars, which we know Kyle Larson and Martin Truex were slower cars.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I just think that Reddick brought that hungry competitive urge that Austin Dillon was missing when Ryan Newman was there. And now we're seeing RCR coming up on the rise. Now we see two hungry competitive drivers. Um, and with me saying that, I do see um, – I can see Austin Dillon clinching a playoff spot. If it's not with the wind somewhere, it's going to be on points. I can see him making the top 16. Redick, on the other hand, I would like to see him, you know, run more consistently up front inside top twenty, top fifteen and uh make some noise. I mean he's gotta he's gotta shine somewhere. I mean, I know last year was his rookie year, but uh
1: I, I think I it just sucks put- that they took off two tracks from the uh from the circuit that Tyler Reddick would have been really good at and that's Chicago land in Kentucky. Both of those are high bank right on the edge of UC race racetracks. But you, you, you're you counting yourself short if you don't believe Tyler Reddick could pick up a win at a place like uh, Darlington or a Talladega race or, you know, one of these other tracks where he's going to hang out on the high side there.
3: But I can, I can definitely see Austin Dillon be top 16 playoff driver. Reddick, on the other hand, if he can put together some more good solid finishes, I can easily say if he doesn't win, then he's going to make a playoffs so on points. He might just squeeze in. Um, But I'm not going to, I'm never going to count him out count him out of it, but I'm not going to sleep on him either. Right. He's just one of those drivers you have to keep an eye on, but don't sleep on him, but make sure he doesn't fly off your radar.
1: Tyler and, Ramon, I believe, and I believe Suarez,
3: and I believe Daniel Suarez could be another one of those drivers too. If he if he, oh. he's been running the season that he's had, I mean, I know he had bad luck uh hit him at Daytona, but I mean, he I mean, Suarez is running top 15 for a good portion of that race at Homestead this
1: past weekend. Yeah. For a brand are, new are team. you surprised? I'm not. I'm not surprised. I I I've said from day one that Suarez has talent. He is a talented race car driver. He has he has stock car racing experience, and uh, you know I think that uh, he's been given a couple of bad hands. You know he wasn't given really a shot at Stuart Haas Racing, and uh, you know um, Joe Gibbs has been well known to get rid of good talent way too early.
3: I think I think Gibbs kind of rushed him. Um, in a way, Stuart didn't really give him much of a chance, but I think they kind of said, uh, Suarez, you don't have a ride. Um, you have sponsor and money coming in that, um, just coming from you. Um, we kind of need to keep this car warmed up for Custer who's coming up, so we're going to put you in. I think that was kind of the Suarez-Stuart Haas deal, but, um... I mean, at first you, you could have told me and said Suarez, I would have told, I've been telling people he didn't, he doesn't have talent. Um, well, he has talent, but not as much talent that a lot of people made him out to be. And the reason why I said it is because, I mean, he was in the 19 car. Edwards was a freaking championship contender, true X championship or race winning contender. But Suarez couldn't even make the playoffs. Couldn't make the playoffs in the 41, but here's Kurt Busch and Cole Custer in the playoffs. Maybe we can see Suarez step out of everyone else's shadow since he's on a single-card team and make some noise for himself.
1: Yeah, but I'm like I said,
3: he, ran, he, he ran top 15 for a good portion of that race at Homestead. And he would yeah, have. He could have been a front runner at Daytona had he not wrecked out early.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with what uh, Suarez has brought to the table this year, and and the track, uh whole track house race team, uh, It seems to be a good fit. Um. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing how Daniel and finishes good par- out the good year. Definitely. Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's awesome that uh, I thought they were a Toyota team. They're they're a Chevrolet team?
3: Yeah, they're a Chevy team partnered with RCR.
1: Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, you had the other two cars running up front like they did. did, I didn't hear anything about Eric Jones this past weekend. Was there something to that? Am I missing something? Uh,
3: I don't think he made much noise of anything. Um, let me. I don't even remember where he finished. Good lord. Uh, let me look it up here quick for Mr. Eric Jones. Um, I know he had bad luck hit him at the road course. Eric Jones, 27th at Homestead.
1: Wow, he was never talked about throughout the whole entire race. That's another. Uh, Haley almost out,
3: Justin Haley, one spot short from a top 25 finish. An Aspire car.
1: Uh, and Corey LaJoy, he was having a good run, but blew a motor.
3: Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, what do we expect from Las Vegas as we start winding the showdown? Uh, all three series. I kind of feel like
3: this uh, I feel like this is going to be. You're going to see some normal intermediate track racing slash a little bit of super speedway type ish racing. Um, You're probably going to see a lot of drafting in terms of the cup series side. Xfinity is probably, probably going to put on a show like they usually do week in week out. Um, I think Xfinity has the perfect package um, all around. So I think they're going to put on a show like they always do. Las Vegas is a very racy track. If you have the right, uh, package put together, and Xfinity's got it. Upside, like I said, you're going to see, I think you're going to see a lot of drivers try to rely on the draft in terms of anything, um, which is weird to say on an intermediate track, per se. Um, trucks, well, Kyle Busch is stepping into the 51 truck. We all know how this is going to go. see somebody else play Spoiler. And I think I have a driver in mind, but actually I have two drivers in mind, but the second one needs to kind of step it, step their uh, game up a, a bit on their race team, I think. And who is that? Oh, I hate to say it in a way, but Mr. Stuart Friesen. I mean... We've seen him run with Kyle Busch, give Kyle Busch a run for his money. Um, at times when he was with GMS, now he's with Toyota and whatnot. Um, obviously, they had growing pains last year um, just to kind of branch out on their own in a way um, on the Toyota aspect, which I give them props for, Um I'm kind of hoping this year they can learn from those growing pains and kind of go back to where they were when they were partnered with GMS. But like I said, if he, if that race team can kind of step up the to the plate a little bit more, I think we could see Friesen give a run for Kyle Busch. But maybe someone on Kyle Busch's team can uh, make some noise. I mean, you got John Hunter Niemicek on that side right um who's been absolutely stellar so far in the truck series um you also have ah shoot you have chandler smith which i'm hoping he make, which i'm hoping he steps up his game a little bit um i think that might be it on that side of things, but don't expect GMS or uh, somebody from Thor's for like Ben Rhodes trying to dethrone the Candyman.
1: Yeah, I, I don't understand why other cup drivers did not sign up to face the Candyman this weekend uh, to uh, kind of knock him off his game. I'm very disappointed. I thought that's something that we were uh, locked in on last year was giving him, giving it. At least somebody else a chance to uh kind of dethrone uh Kyle bush from from winning in the truck series. Uh, I enjoyed seeing Chase for, and a few of the other guys that's for bounty
3: purposes now there's no bounty, so now they don't care
1: yeah yeah that's that's about the way it goes so i I can't help but think that uh he's probably gonna be the winner this weekend. he's not my i have somebody from his organization uh as the winner. Um, but uh I'm not picking uh Kyle Bush for the win this weekend, even though that's probably the most uh reliable pick uh, for the weekend.
3: Well yeah. we can do picks and kind of explain
1: for a bit if you want. I can try well, to keep yeah, things off here. Yeah, we got just a few minutes. First of all, uh I believe uh Mr. C J Sports Gave us his picks earlier. He did. I'm, I have
3: them right here.
1: Do so, you have them in front of you?
3: Yeah, I do. So, Mr. CJ Sports, he is going with his favorite driver, the Candyman, in both truck and cup. And then he's going with Noah Gregson on the Infinity side.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll get back there, Noah Gregson. Two Las Vegas um, boys.
3: Yeah, Miss Lee on the other yeah, hand. Yeah,
1: Leg is sweet.
3: Miss Lee is riding the Kyle Busch train on the Truck Series. Uh-huh. Um On the Xfinity side, um, I like her pick. Um, <clears throat> the driver we talked about um, within the first half hour of the show, Mr. Brett Moffitt, that's her pick. And on the Cup side, we'll call him Giggles but it's Joey Logano.
1: That's who Miss Lee's picking? Yeah. Joey Logano. Wow, interesting pick there. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. We don't have Craig Moore's uh, picks because um, we don't have Craig Moore on the show here tonight. I'm not sure if he fell asleep or uh, hopefully it's nothing wrong. Um, I, I can't say that it's not like him to uh, – <laughs> to not show up, but I, I think the other times he had legitimate reasons uh, to, to not show up being, you know, health and all that he's gone through. But uh, maybe they're just working him a little bit too hard down there at the hood and uh, wasn't able to join us. But we'll get his pick out there as soon as possible. Uh, Taz, you want me to go next? And you um, go last? I'm usually behind you, anyways.
3: <laughs> Let's, I'll drop no, it this I, I know. one Okay So for trucks Well um, I'm going to go I'm going with a Oh shoot I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek I almost said Stuart Friesen But I just want to see his team step up the game But I have to go with John Hunter Nemechek um, for the truck series, I believe he, um, with his cup racing experience, um, he knows Kyle Bush in terms of the owner and what kind of trucks they run, but he's ran with him in the cup series. And I think he might have something for the boss man. McFinity um, I I want to go with Noah Gregson, but I feel like Chaos is just going to strike him again. Oh, boy. I will probably end up going
1: with...
3: E. I'll go with the 22 Austin Sindrick again. And then on the cup side, um, I'll go with I'll go with Kyle Larson.
4: Mm,
1: interesting, interesting pick. All right, well, I guess that leaves me, and I will have to say that I've I've slowly and surely. I've seen all my picks get picked by somebody else. Whether not this time, not thinking this it wasn't the whole field. Uh, but uh, each kind of pick that I thought about, I've seen go away. Uh, that's what happens when you pick last. But hey, um, so on the truck series side, I'm I, I'm I'm at a loss here um, because I really I really feel like it's going to be one driver. And that's because we all know that Kyle Bush is unbeatable at times in the truck series. We've seen a hole in the cape last year. I think he only won three out of five races. <laughs> he didn't sweep. I know that um, but there's no there's no joker to the bat to the Batman this weekend um so i I I'm just going to have to go out there. I'm going to pick Chandler. Chandler uh, from his team. I was going to go with uh, John Hunter Nemechek, but uh, I- I've changed my mind. I'm going with Chandler Shaw. I think uh, – not Chandler Shaw. Chandler uh, – what's Smith. his name? Smith. Chandler, Smith. I'm going with him. Yeah, Chandler, Chandler Smith. I'm going with him in the truck series and the x Kennedy series. I've got, to, I've got to go with Harrison Burton, man. I got to go with Harrison Burton in that number twenty car, and uh, on the Cup side, Joey Logano has been That's a good, that's a good strong pick right there, Joey Logano. Um, I would probably choose his teammate Brad Keselowski, but I'm just not sold on BK right now. I just think it's a little bit too early uh, to. Start picking him on a weekly basis. I like to stay in the Ford camp, but the Chevys have been, uh, been on their game. Las Vegas. I'm gonna roll the dice. Can't go wrong. I'm going with the with the Wonder Kid, uh, Chase Elliott.
3: Interesting. You say Chase Elliott?
1: Yeah. I'm a, and then somebody with a 20 point lead right now and everybody else, you know, I'm kind of, uh, kind of going out there on this one. Hey, you
3: got to. And speaking of our pick points right now, truck series remains at 31 points for me, the leader, Mr. CJ sports at 24 second and Craig and Chris tied at 21. Um, it's Lee with the goose egg. She, I don't, I don't know. If she's uh, she hasn't picked a past. She hasn't made any predictions for her trucks. I have a feeling that she's kind of uh, hiding some of her brains on that side of the series for the good parts of her predictions. Um, being that she is a smart person on the One Ten Nation crew. <laughs> Um Xfinity, I lead the points there with fifty. Mr. C J's behind me, knocking on the door at forty four. Chris is thirty four. Craig twenty and Miss Lee at twelve. Upside, well, Chris is winning that bet over there with sixty five points. Craig points back with forty five. Sits in second. Miss Lee forty four. I sit with twenty three and Mr. C J right it uh brings up the basement of the crew and, with twenty.
1: All right, so I got some catching up to you on that, on that uh, cup side. Giving y'all the opportunity <laughs> sure this <do>. weekend. <laughs> I, sure I don't do. even know what the odds <laughs> are. I wonder who the favorites are this, this weekend. I haven't uh, I haven't checked uh, any Las Vegas odds in a while. Yeah, see I, can... I haven't either. Let's see if I can get that pull up real quick as we get ready. Uh, do we have any guests coming on next week, Ted? Tell us about the upcoming show. Well, let's see here.
3: We just today's being March first. So um let's see what we got for March guests here. Uh next week um we'll have Frank Twing. Um uh, not sure if it's the the eldest of Frank Twing or if it's um Frank Twing um the middle the middle man of Frank Frank Twing. And he'll probably bring, and if he's on, he might bring in his son, uh, Frankie Jr. Um, But either way, great guests, great racing family. Um, Then on March 15th, we'll have Kathy Bellin. She's a local 518 uh, female driver. Um, I believe she has a daughter that races go karts, if I am not mistaken. Um, and then March 29th, which is our last uh, Monday show of March, we'll have another 518 Local Driver races in the Pro Stock Division Uh, up at Glen Ridge Motorsports Park uh, Jay Fitzgerald and we are still working on a potential super that's my only hint for that one Um, I know he's been busy as of Uh, lately down in Florida, but I'm still trying to get in contact with him and see if we can get him in for a show in April. And that's about it.
1: Yeah, um, sorry about that. My phone cut off as it always does with two hours to go. Um, so the Vegas odds before we close the show down. You there, test? Yep. All right. Sorry about that. My phone cuts off after two hours. I think we've been doing this long enough to know that. Um, I don't know why it does that, but it does. Uh, so the Las Vegas odds look, look uh, about. Well, we all missed the boat, Martin Church Jr uh six to one, Kevin Harvick thirteen to two, Greg Kozlowski thirteen to two, Joey Logano thirteen to two, Denny Hamlin nine to one, Kyle Watson a ten to one, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott both eleven to one, Kyle Bush a twelve to one, and Kurt Busch, a twenty to one. Alex Bowman a twenty five to one. William Byron a twenty five to one and the best bet on the screen, well, be frisky guys, go out there and get Tyler Reddick at 50 to 1. I believe that would be the best bet if you were looking for an outside. Uh, uh, for the championship, you have Chase Elliott at 11 to 2 and Denny Hamlin at 13 to 2. Uh, so we'll have to wrap the show up. And uh, we want to thank you guys for, for listening. We'll be back uh, next Monday night. Hopefully, we'll have Craig here to join us. Taz, you got anything else,
3: man? Uh, Nope. Other than make sure you uh, check out the 110 Nation Sports website at the110NationSports.com. Follow Race Chat Live on Facebook and on Twitter at chat underscore race. Um, and follow us on Facebook.
1: And I think that's about it. All right. Thank you guys for listening.
2: We'll be back next weekend. Same bad time, same bad place. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere